Hey, thanks for tuning in to this podcast. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to send us your story by visiting our new website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to freedom. See, I don't know about you, but uh, I know that believers have a lot going on in the world today. And I'm personally, I'm tired of seeing Christians disqualifying themselves because of decisions that are made, because of things that have happened in their lives. And so many things trip us up in life. And God's gift that, that he's designed us for and the things and the purposes that he has designed us for have been thwarted. We recognize that the world is uh, becoming more perverted and twisted as we allow pornography to rep- wreck our marriages. We allow sexual immorality and lifestyles that are contrary to God's word uh, that is affecting our community leak into our churches. And the state of popular opinion be so much more important than God's truth. I believe that the power of God must prevail and Jesus Christ must be the circuit breaker today. Can I get one amen in the house? A circuit breaker by definition is a switch that is designed to protect something from damage caused by overload uh, overload or a short circuit. Its basic function is to detect a faulty condition and interrupt current flow. In other words, that circuit breaker, when something is wrong, it stops the current. It stops that power from reaching. In fact, you want a circuit breaker. You want the thing to stop because it could cause other damages that can be even worse. Correct? So that circuit breaker is very important. Those of you that deal with any sort of electronics, you know, or deal with anything by way of... Um, Electricians know what I'm talking about and those that deal with all those things. The the operation of that is very important. A circuit breaker is used to reset something and bring it back to proper form. I believe that Jesus Christ is that circuit breaker. He's the one that, that brings a halt to the power of sin in this world today. And I believe more than anything, he doesn't just want to stop sin, but he wants you to walk in the power and the authority of his word. Amen? It's not just Jesus came to stop something, he came to bring something. The truth of it is this. That when we allow the Holy Spirit access to our lives, he begins to reach those areas that have been overpowered by sin. Here's, I found out a secret. Are you ready? I'm going to tell you a secret. The secret to walking in the power of the Spirit is to live in submission to the Holy Spirit every day of our lives. In submission. And we don't like that word because as, as Americans, we tend to not even want to submit anything we don't want to submit anything we don't want to submit applications we don't we just want what we want when we want it right but when we come to jesus we have to realize that if it were not for him we would be lost in our sin so how do you know if you're living in full authority 
of the scriptures. I want to bring to you a message this morning entitled Circuit Breaker. Circuit Breaker. We're talking today about examining our own lives, not the lives of others. You see, God has called us to be seed sowers, not a fruit inspector. God has called us to be seed sowers, not fruit inspectors. You know the difference, right? One gives, the other one looks. One is uh, in, in purpose of the future. One is saying, what are you doing right now? God has called us to be a people that continuously, continuously look at our own lives and help others uh, better theirs. Not to inspect everybody's fruit. Your job isn't to determine who else is living under the authority of the Spirit. Your job isn't to figure out who's living right and who's not. Let the Holy Spirit unveil that. Trust me, he's pretty good at it. He's been doing it for a few years. So his experience goes before him. The Bible tells us that we're living in a day that is contrary to the scriptures. And so we have to be very careful how we pursue these last days. Galatians 5, turn there with me if you would. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Maybe we want to get the house lights up just a little bit so we can see. For those of you that don't have Bibles that light up. They have those. Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16. And I'm going to read a few verses here, then I'm going to stop and read a few more verses. I'm going to stop. It's kind of back and forth a little bit here. So Galatians 5, if you allow me to just teach just a few moments here this morning. On Galatians 5, it reads like this, beginning in verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Can I get an amen? Okay. New King James Version says, walk in the Spirit. And so we read on. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. This is a New Living Translation I'm reading at this moment. The sinful nature wants to do evil. Which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces, understand this, are constantly fighting each other. Constantly. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Let me tell you something this morning. Listen to me closely. Your new life starts with a change of your heart. When you said, Jesus, I want you to change my heart, that's when your new life begins. It's not about when you give enough money. It's not about when you sign up for that event. It's not when you, uh, you say, okay, now that I'm finally uh, being, at, I've been at church three out of four times this month. That must be mean that I'm saved this month. That's good. Uh, hopefully I do better next month, but at least this month I'm, I'm beating the odds, right? 75% is not bad, right? That's how the logical mind thinks. More good than bad is good. More bad than good is bad. But here's what Jesus says. What are you, what are you feeling in your heart and how are you Progressing and moving toward that feeling. 
See, faith is not about going to church and being like, okay, good, I went to church. I did my deed, right? How many ever felt like that once upon a time? It's okay. How many felt like that? You can be honest. I felt like that. I felt like, you know what? I did my deed. I went to church. Jesus must love me more now. You laugh, but it's true. Some of you thought it. Be honest, right? He loves me a little more now. Did you see how much I wrote on that check? Jesus loves me a little more now. I did VBS. I volunteered. Don't you know? And I survived it. Jesus must love me more now. I sat two, clo- two rows closer to the front. Right? Because Jesus moves more in the front. So he must be. No, no, we make up all kinds of excuses of why God would love us more. But let me, let me, rest, let me put your, uh, your heart at rest for a moment. He can't love you any more or any less this moment. He really can't. And that's the wonderful thing about God. But here's the catch. See, the world wants to end there. There's a response to that love. That's what nobody wants to talk about. Well, God loves you just the way you are. Absolutely, he does. We believe that here at Freedom. And if you felt welcome, we've done at least part of our job, right? Walking into the doors. How many felt welcome walking into the doors this morning? We have a wonderful VIP team. Walking, walking in, you feel welcome. That's all great and grand, but at the end of the day... What do you do with that? How do you process that? Life begins when you say, Jesus, I want you to be made Lord of this heart. See, when the Holy Spirit takes over, you get a new heart, new passions, new desires, new motivations. And we have this sinful nature that always wants to try to figure out a logical way to understand God. Let me let you off the hook. You will never understand fully God. Because if you did, your God's too small or he isn't real. If you could fully understand the love and the grace of God, your God is either too small or not real. Because the God of this Bible is beyond words. See, even Jesus himself, when he walked this earth... John tells us that the world cannot contain the books that should be written about the things that Jesus did. Can you just, can you wrap your mind around that? Just think for a moment, just this room alone, if you stacked it to the top with books. How many would say that's a lot of books? Right? That's a lot of books. The world cannot contain the things that Jesus did. Now, multiply that. So Jesus did a lot and he only, there's only so many stories to share about what Jesus did. But here's one thing he did. He gave life more abundantly. So let's read on. When you, verse 19 of Galatians chapter 5. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealous, outbursts of anger. Do you notice like all these are not on the same level? Do you notice that? Like fits of anger, lust. Like you're like, wait a second, time out. I've been angry, but how are you going to put that next to lust and idolatry and sorcery? Like aren't those different levels? How many feel like that's probably different levels in your mind at least? Right? Like, okay, you got uh, adultery. Okay, that's up here. That's like, ee, right? Then you got like fits of anger. Like what happened in the car on the way here? 
Y'all laugh. Either that was a laugh of guilt. Or some of you are like, Pastor Tony has a camera in our car. Watch him. <laughs> some of you got nervous laughter. Like, <laughs> don't you say a word. Did you say a word? No, because we're all human, right? We're human. So when, when, when we realize that we have these fits of anger, we're like, oh, that's just me being me. No, that's you being sinful. Fits of it, that's in the scripture. That's in here. I didn't make this up. Look at your Bible. And we see outbursts of anger, jealousy. That can't be sin. That's down here, Pastor Tony. That's not a, that's not a, I'm jealous because I love them. I'm just reading the scriptures. I'm not going to interpret that. Self-ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone that lives this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Listen, I'm not here doom and gloom, but I'm going to read the scriptures. And tell you that if, you, if you're involved in these things, God, God doesn't hate you. He just wants to see the best out of you. And if these things are involved in your life, take a good look and see how much that benefits you. Right? How much does that really benefit you? We have people in this body that have overcome all kinds of addictions and strongholds. And, and there's a reason why we're freedom. There's a reason why we're called freedom. Because I believe God wants to deliver everyone from everything that they're in. There's not a person that's walked in this room that God doesn't want to free you from whatever it is that you're dealing with. Not a, not a one. But when you're the boss, when you're the boss, things get broken and you can't fix it. When you're the boss, you produce bad fruit. See, Paul isn't saying anyone that commits any one of these sins can't go to heaven. What he's trying to say is, if this is a part of your life, you're headed the wrong way. Because can't go to heaven is not exactly the end all. Because there's more to the New Testament. In other words, he's saying right now, this is not the direction you need to head. Change this before it's too late. And this morning you have an opportunity to change that. I'm going to be very clear this morning. You, have, you will have an opportunity to respond to God by the end of the service. There'll be an opportunity and a call to response. Because I believe there's nothing that we can preach that God doesn't want us in some way, shape, or form to respond to. We'd all be doomed if we couldn't turn from our wicked ways, right? Because there's still things that I have to process and I have to deal with. As a man, as a husband, as a father, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. Friends, look at me. I will fail you. I will make mistakes. As your pastor, I'll let you down. I will. There are times you might call me, I, di I don't get back to you in a timely manner. It's not because I don't want to. It's because I'm human and there's only so much of me to go around, right? And that's why we got Pastor Christian. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but I'm not. <laughs> I believe that there's a wonderful... Liberty and understanding that I will fail you. Leaders will fail you. People around you will fail you. Right? Because it keeps our eyes legit and focused on him. I don't want to fail, but I do. You don't want to mess up, but you do. We all do. But one thing we do know is that we got to keep our eyes on him. 
the one that, that knows all things. So watch this. When the Holy Spirit is control, uh, when the Holy Spirit has control of your life and you give him access to the will, like don't make him your co-pilot. That sticker drives me nuts. Like since when has he been the co-pilot? Like give him the will for crying out loud, right? I mean, Carrie Underwood sang it. Why don't you just do it, right? Just... Well, Carrie Underwood said it's true. The word of God said it long before she did. But... God calls us to bear fruit, yes? Yes? He called us to bear fruit. What, are the, what does that look like? Well... Just to make it real simple for you, put it on the screen here for you. Um, he wants us to have love, joy. Well, what, is, what are these things exactly? Love is to receive and bless everyone unconditionally. That's what he's called us to do, right? That's what love is. It's blessing people unconditionally, right? Joy, a settled assurance and a hopefulness about life. Some of you are not very hopeful about life. You lack joy. Ask God for that. Peace, the opposition, or excuse me, the opposite of confusion and inner conflict. You know what that means? Stuff can be going down out here, but inside there can still be peace. There can still be uh, an understanding that God is still in the midst. Patience, the ability to endure suffering. Kindness, yielding to others and showing undeserved mercy. How many have ever showed undeserved mercy to someone? You're like, you don't deserve this, but don't tell them, by the way, when you're doing it. Can I just tell you that? Like, it kills the mood. Like, it just does. Like, if you want to do something nice, like, you bring somebody groceries, like, that needs it or whatever, and you were kind of in a fight or whatever, and then all of a sudden, like, you give it to them, and they're shocked, and it's a beautiful moment. You're like, you don't deserve that, by the way, but I love you. Like, that just doesn't do it. That kills goodness, yes? Here, you don't deserve it, but here. Not good, not good. Faithfulness, keeping our commitment to godly values. Yes? I'm getting very little amens. I'm going to preach louder. Gentleness, approaching people with a softened heart. Some of you love Jesus and can't stand people. Let's get it together. Let's get it together. Love God, love people. Pastor Tony, I'm really good with two-thirds of that mission statement you have. I love God and I want to change the world. But I have a problem with people. That love people part, God's just going to have to deal with me. He has been. Through messages like this. Because you've got nervous laughter going on. Some of you, you know what I'm talking about? We all have that feeling of like, I love God and I want to change the world. But people, they're just mean. They're just bad sometimes. But God says, listen, that's what makes mercy, mercy. That's what makes grace, grace. How annoying were we before we came to Christ? Some of you are like, not even a bit. I don't know about you. But we totally rejected God so many times. 
Show of hands, how many rejected God at least once in your life? Don't lie. Come on. Be with me. You get what I'm saying? We've all been there. God had patience with you. Just roll a little bit of that. Like roll over minutes. Like roll over grace. Just roll it over to somebody else. Right? You can have some of that grace that God has bestowed upon me. Be gentle. Soft-hearted. Because gentleness is important. And last, self-control. Living under the... Living under control instead of living out of control. Right? The only control God has called us to have is self-control. That's the believer's anthem. It really is. So verse 24, let me continue to read a few more verses. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Isn't that good? We've nailed the passions and desires of our sinful nature. We nailed it to the cross. And now we don't live there anymore. We realize that since we're living, verse 25, by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Can I get an amen? Let's not become conceited. Because it could happen, right? I've been in church for years. I should be recognized by this point. I should be doing more at this point. Well, what have you volunteered for? Stop waiting for somebody else to volunteer you. Volunteer. You want to be a part of changing the world? Step up. There's cards sitting right at the table. I want to help in such and such. I want to do this. I want to, I want to be a part of this. Dive in. Because there's opportunities to dive in. You can't change the world unless you raise your hand and say, Here am I. Send me. Can't do it. So here's two, two questions. Two big questions. Ready? What sinful desires are you hanging on to that are thwarting this? See, we got to pray, God, help me to leave this at the foot of the cross. Help me to leave this thing at the foot of the cross. Make a clean break. See, God opposes the proud but shows grace or favor to the humble. James 4, 7. Here's what it says. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God. That's a call to action. You see that? Come near to God and he will come near to you. When will God come near to you? When you come near. God is responding to man's heart. When you say yes, God, he says yes. Okay. And he, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You know what he's saying? Stop the mess that you know is wrong. It's not, see, God doesn't have problem with the world as much as he has problem with the Christians that know better. See, the world simply needs salvation. Period. That's it. But some of them don't even know that they need salvation. So God loves them. He's like, I love you. Let's, let me call my people to call them to me. But then there's his people that know better and don't do anything about it. So he's saying, res- submit yourselves, resist the devil, come to God, and just wash your hands from the world and the things of this world. Those of you that are double-minded. What is double-minded? Someone that, that does one thing and then does another and then goes back to the first thing and then does another And then goes back to the first thing again. And then does another. You know what that means? That person is completely out of control. Spiritually. So he's saying, get this right because there's a war. 
raging for the heart of man. So let me share this with you. James 4.1. What causes fights and quarrels among you? James asked. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Some of you are fighting battles that started way deep inside. You get angry at people for things they never did. We do that as humans. We think that they mean something and we, impl- we think that the person implied something and we throw that on them. We, we inflect that upon them or project that upon them and somehow the other person had nothing to do with that or didn't ever think that. And somehow you then create a war amongst each other and God is like, you're missing the point. Let the spirit lead you and show you what is right and what is not. See, what causes fights and quarrels among you? The, the, you know where it starts? It starts from within you because of insecurity. How many times did you get into arguments with your spouse, a friend, or somebody because of insecurity? That is a nasty one. Because you don't feel good about yourself or you don't feel like you're, you're good enough. You automatically take something they said as this when they never meant that. Right? I've been there been there i've done that and i don't want to print it on a t-shirt so i've been there right so you know what he's saying james is saying you know where that started deep inside that's how come coming to services like this and allow an opportunity for god to speak to you where he can speak to you deep inside so you can deal with these things amen scottish author and professor of divinity who passed away some years ago william barclay he wrote this The New Testament is clear that overcoming desire for the pleasures of this world is always a threatening danger to the spiritual life. Overcoming the world is always a danger to spiritual life. He says, it is the cares and pleasures of this life which combine to choke the good seed that is in our lives. And so we come to this place to say, God, if there's anything that's in my heart that's not right, release it. Amen. There's anything in my life, in my heart, release it. Release it. Titus 3, 3, at one time, we, were, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived. How many were there once, right? But I know that I'm not, a, I'm not just a sinner saved by grace. I am more than that. I am a saint of God under his care now. You follow? So what we come to realize is that I am a new creation. I'm not just a refurbished one. There's a difference between buying new and refurbished. We talked about that some weeks ago, right? Uh, you are not a refurbished creation. You are a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things are made new. Second question, and I'm going to wrap this up in a moment. What part of your life have you not surrendered to the Spirit's control? See, because that circuit breaker... That Jesus Christ wants to be that circuit breaker when something goes terribly wrong. And, he, and, he, and, and you know, the Holy Spirit is really good at telling you what's wrong. But you've got to be in tune with him, right? What good is uh, an advisory? How many have ever been listening to the radio and that annoying sound comes over the radio? Right? And it's like this, it, had this been an actual emergency, you would have been brought. Right? You know what I'm talking about? You get annoyed by it. I know it, right? You get annoyed by it. But if it was an emergency, you would have been grateful for it, right? But what if your radio's off? What if your radio's off? If the radio's off, you can't hear the advisory, right? And so, 
what we realize is that it has to be connected. It has to be on. And in the same way, when you get close to the Holy Spirit, you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. You know what? He's, he's advising me that this situation right here, this relationship, this partnership, this job, something's not right. Something's not right. I need to, I need to listen to him. It's surrender. It's yielding, as the Bible calls it. It's submitting, as we just read, to the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's, here's a couple of quick things I want to tell you. The eternal soul of man has two conditions. And here they are. The first is eternally separated from God. They have come to a place where they've never made Jesus their Savior. And they've come to a place where they're eternally separated from God. That's the condition, of, uh, condition number one. The second condition is that of a born-again soul. Someone that said, I want Jesus to be my Lord, and he's my Savior. I want him to be Lord. See, there's no in-between. There's no third. There's no third one. You either know Jesus or you don't. That's clear and distinct in the scriptures. So how do we break the circuit? The Bible is clear. Watch this. Three things, and I'm going to close in a moment. Here's three things that I found as a believer. It's very important that we get. Number one, possess the land. In other words, believe that God has something. Understand the need to fight for something that's worth fighting for. Your soul, your marriage, your life, your community, your church. Possess the land that God has given you. Take a hold of it. Because you know what? There's people that sit back and they go, well, you know, I'll leave that to those people. No. God has called each of us to possess a land. There's something he has for every single one of you and me. Possess the land. Take a hold of it. Fight hard and don't walk away. Number two, turn the lights on. What does that mean? Confess hidden sin. Talk to somebody. Be, be in confidence with somebody and say, listen, I'm dealing with this. Talk about it. Half the time, people don't want to talk about it because they're like, it's my, it's my private life. I shouldn't have to share with anybody. That's not what the Bible says. Again, stop being the boss of your own life. Because that's where the problems come from. The, the, the Bible is very clear that we should confess to one another. That doesn't mean put it on Facebook, friends. Don't put it on Facebook. And that doesn't count as confession. Leave your laundry in the laundry room. Again, don't post it on any social media. Talk to someone privately and say, I'm dealing with this. Do you have 10 minutes? Because I'm processing this and I need a voice. I need someone other than myself. How many know what I'm talking about? And then after a while, you're like, man, that feels better. I realized some things that maybe just by saying it, sometimes just confessing that you have uh, an issue in your life could be so beneficial to your soul. Turn the lights on. It's hard to see things when the lights are off. Right? And the third thing is simply this. Position yourself for, for purpose. That means, you know what? Be careful with the people you put around you that are speaking to your life. And instead, turn around and create goals for yourself. Put together some disciplines in your life that move you forward and replace sin. See, God doesn't just want you to stop sinning. He wants you to replace 
sin. See, you can't just stop doing something bad. You've got to do something in place of it. So don't just ask God to remove your sin. Ask Him to give you good habits. Ask Him to give you God habits. I want godly habits. Who wants godly habits? We all should want godly habits. And I think every one of us will be better for that. So three things. Recap again. How do we break the circuit? How do we allow the Holy Spirit to break the circuit? Because there's a constant flow uh, of power that's negative. The power over your life that the enemy has. Jesus wants to break that circuit. And the, the way that we do it is we possess the land. We realize what we need to do to get out of our situation. We turn the lights on. We confess that we have some issues, some things going on in our life. And you know what we do? We go after it. We position ourselves with the right people around us. We go to church. We go to life groups. We participate in kingdom stuff. Not just church. God doesn't just want you to go to church. He wants you to participate in kingdom activity. Yeah? I don't get a lot of amens on that one. It got real quiet. Like, amen. And then like, go to church, do stuff. Oh, yeah, I don't know. You had me at the second one. It was good. You position yourself. Just like you position yourself for something negative, you need to position yourself for something godly in your life. Godly. Not just positive. I want to do some positive things, Pastor. That's great. What about some godly things? Because godly things inherently are positive. They really are. People want to look at, oh, religion... You have those people, uh, whether it's on social media or in life, that they'll go, you know what? Some of the worst things and tragedies happen because of religion. Religion is bad. No. No. Religion is an attempt to get to God. And that is not bad. It's what you do with it that makes it bad. You start doing something in the name of God that hurts people and damages people for life. Instead of bringing hope and encouragement. And the truth sometimes hurts. That's not the hurt I'm talking about. But I'm saying, there's a lot of people that put the stigmata on faith. That somehow, faith is damages people. But some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life are people of faith. While there are some people that, are, that I've met in my life that don't have Jesus as their Lord and Savior, are amazing people. You ever met some people like that? I'm believing them into the kingdom. In my mind, they're pre-believers. Because I'm going to keep praying until they get there. Right? Right? That's how you got to think. You got to think, man, that, that, my, you know, that person, they may not know Jesus yet, but they're pre-believers in my mind. I'm, I'm just working them in right now. I'm believing God for them. Amen? Why did we come to the table today? We came to the table to remember what Jesus did for us. Why can't he do it for them? Can he? Can he? Well, let's do it. Let's act like it. And let's realize that the circuit breaker, Jesus, is here to stop the mayhem that is, that is sin, that is addiction, and also to break sin's power and walk in God's authority. Amen? I'm going to ask you all across this room to just bow your heads all across this room right now. We are called and positioned to do great things. Called in position. Hallelujah. All across this room, bow your heads all across this room. Thank you, Jesus. This is your call to response. Father God, I pray today that if there's anyone at the sound of my voice,
that realizes that we need to come to you. You said, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil and flee and come near to me and I will come near to you. God, I thank you for your word that is always good to us. And even when it hurts and even when it stings, it's good for us. And so today I'm praying, Holy Spirit, speak to these people. Speak to these people that they may know who Jesus is. In Jesus' name.